she always had a good head for reason, I feel like. She always kind of made decisions the best she could with the best of her ability for herself, her family, and her country. And I think that she represented him great, and I hope that King Charles can... I hope he can. I hope big he shoes. Can. Yeah, big shoes, man. I mean, she is like, defines class. Hey, guys. Welcome to What Women Binge. But we have a special episode today. We're going to talk about, as my shirt says, one tough mother, the Queen of England. May she rest in peace. May she rest in peace. Queen Elizabeth II. We wanted to honor her today. We wanted to talk about her because... It's a huge moment in history, I feel like. Absolutely. The end of the second Elizabethan era and the longest reign ever. Longest reigning monarch. Longest reigning monarch. So I, uh, yeah, I just think we need to talk about this. I'm obsessed with The Crown. I love the first season. Second season kind of lost me, but it picked back up when I got to the Aberfan. I'm like obsessed with the Aberfan episode about Aberfan Wales. I am a little bit obsessed with Welsh culture in general. Yes, and you go there fairly often. I have spent... A, a, a chunk of time in Wales and love it. And in fact, if right in front of you there, I have a, uh, a heart. Want me to hold it up? Yes, would you hold it up for all those on YouTube that are watching? This is a little heart that I got in Wales that says Kutch. And Kutch means hug. So today Aww. we're hugging the Queen of England. Um, yes, we are. We are. So There's no graceful way to set this up. No, just, just go for it. So a little bit, in case you didn't know much about... Queen Elizabeth II's life. She was born Elizabeth Alexandra Mary, which is funny because my sister's name is Alexandra Mary. I did not know that. This is maybe why you were making queen jokes to your mother hurt a little bit. Maybe your sister was... Because my sister's name... Because I have a sister named Elizabeth and a sister named Alexandra Mary. There you go. <laughs> she was born on April 21st, 1926. My birthday is the April 18th, so kind of close. Mine's but... April 30th. So oh, yeah. She was born royals, between us. Right, right, right between us. Uh, and she died on... September 8th, just a few days ago, 22. She was queen from February 6th in 1952 until her death. She was born in Mayfair, London, as first child of the Duke and Duchess of York, later King George VI and Queen Elizabeth, apparently. Yeah. her mom's name, Elizabeth? According to Wikipedia. Um, Not she was, <laughs> the queen. She was, she was Queen Elizabeth because well, of King George. Queen consort, right? Yes. Um, but they just called her queen. Yeah. Because Queen well, Consort's and that's weird. what they'll do with Camilla too. She will just be queen. Yeah. Well, but she no. Will she though? I thought she's not allowed to be queen. I thought the whole agreement of their marriage was that she's not allowed to be queen. She's she queen has to consort. be duchess. No, she's oh. queen consort. Oh, that's weird. I thought that I thought that that was part of the agreement of the marriage. I don't know. I'm not a, a, very. Educated I have a on feeling that. that's what many people would like, but no, because they've already turned over their duke and duchess titles to. Oh yeah. Um. William and Kate. But Philip was never, he was always prince. Well, because he wasn't he royal. He couldn't outrank her. And if oh, he was king, he would outrank, outrank her. her. That's interesting. Because she was the ruling monarch. But the queen. And no one could outrank her. But Camilla, so there was so no be Queen Camilla. Camilla. Camilla, yeah. I find that interesting. Um, she was educated privately at home, began to undertake public duties during the Second World War. In 1947, she married Philip Mountbatten. The former prince of Greece and Denmark, he had to turn down those titles in order to marry her. Marry her. And uh, and then there was that whole fight. Look, guys, if you haven't watched The Crown, it's all spelled out in there, and it's fascinating. The first episode, I want to say, is a little dry. Yeah, the first little... season, really. No, but the second episode gets, I think, fascinating. If you're My favorite, it picks up where she marries Philip. Which I think is around, well, the second, so the first one you find out about, like, her family's history and George. So basically, 
like George, About her uncle, her uncle um, uh, Edward, right? Mm-hmm. He abdicated, and so because he abdicated, her father became like she was. She's supposed. To, she's like Harry. She was never supposed to be right. She was never supposed to be the queen, the queen at all. She was just supposed to be a princess, and so she was taught to be a princess. She was never taught to be a ruler. Like there's a whole episode where she gets mad at her mother for like my necklace just fell off. Um, where her she gets mad at her mother for not teaching her the Constitution or like she doesn't mm-hmm. learn about any of the the laws or or the politics of it all. And all of a sudden she's queen and doesn't know how to be queen. Right. And she's like 25, 26 and uh, and just shows how how unprepared she was. And she had to get a they got a tutor to help teach her. Um, and she she really does learn the laws of the land. But she was educated privately at home Um and married young, had four children, but she was madly in love with mm-hmm. Prince Philip, too. She saw him when she was 13 years old and started communicating with him um, via, uh, I guess, letters back then, right? Mm-hmm. But she, oh, and I also found out this little fact. Um, when she was away from her family, uh, when she was young, when her when her mom and dad would leave, when he was king, when King George was king, and they would leave, they went to the U.S. and Canada, and they made the very first transatlantic phone call to Elizabeth. That's really cool. Isn't that neat? It was. I have it in here somewhere. I've got a lot of notes, you guys, because she had a very long, very in-depth, like, her life was extensive, right? I mean, the things that she did. 96 years. That's a long legacy. And especially, even for someone not that, like, <laughs> in, the pre- yeah. in the public spectrum or whatever. Yeah. My husband's grandma lived to be 96 in Alabama, in rural Alabama, where she, like, you know, and, and the eulogies went on about... She canned her own vegetables and the way she like climbed into the house to chase out a raccoon when she was 95. And, <laughs> you know, the, the the people she outlived and the things she saw and the changes she saw in technology and, right. and, and lifestyle and, and the, the lives she helped mold and the people she was around. And, you know, and then you're and then you add queen to that. Right. And, you know, and 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 the fact that we all know so many things about her. I mean, and she's not only the queen of England. She was also the um, the ruler, the queen of seven independent Commonwealth countries, UK, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Pakistan, uh, Ceylon, which is now Sri Lanka, as well as the head of Commonwealth. Like, it was, I mean, her, her British, okay, so she's the longest lived and longest reigning British monarch after Queen Victoria. So Queen Victoria was the first, she was the longest reigning queen until I think she hit her 60, 60th year or something. Mm-hmm. I think then Elizabeth... Caught her there, but she was the second longest reigning sovereign in the world history behind Louis the Fourteenth. I didn't know that. How long did he reign? I don't have that number, but I just know it was Louis the Fourteenth. He was, was a child longest. though when he became king, right? Yes, I think he was very young. Yeah, that's a great show. Watch Versailles, although it's it's twisted and it's like messed up history. <laughs> and You're like, wait, no, maybe a not lot Versailles. of sex. It's not like the Crown. <laughs> Actually, it's funny because when the Crown came out, I was I think Versailles came out too, and I was watching both of them sort of side by side, and Versailles was just juicy and delicious and amazing, but Kind of like the kind of sex where you like turn your head, you're like, oh, this is borderline pornography. Ooh. And um, yeah, in the beginning, it, it it mellows out, but it was pretty brutal in the beginning. And they're all just kind of hateful figures. And then you watch The Crown and it's a little sterile. It's a little like you're watching it. You're like the exposition, the laying the pipe of all the history that they have to get through about Elizabeth's childhood and her uncle abdicating for Wallace Simpson, an American who was divorced. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then her father becoming king and then him sending out her and Philip off on missions around the world to 
go see the Commonwealths and go visit New Zealand and Kenya. And that's where she was when her father dies. And she finds out she's queen. And Philip was the one to bring her the news. And so they show all that in the first episode, I think, maybe second episode. And then that what, where it really got me, though, where the crown got me was in this moment where uh, Philip and, and, and Elizabeth have a fight. Uh, he's she puts him in charge of her coronation just to give him a job. Mm-hmm. She felt like he needed something to do. And they get in a huge fight about whose name they're going to take. And he has some quote about, I'm the only man in the country not allowed to, his his children won't have his last name or something. He gives some great quote about that. Um, and it's true. Like, they wouldn't take Mount Bat- Mountbatten. Elizabeth insisted on it being Windsor. And although the children, I think, are Mountbatten, Windsor. They are. Like, they're a hyphenate. hyphenated. But, um, but yeah, it was a big fight. And I remember that episode, like, so well. And just him saying, like, you know, and, and her saying, you will, you will, you won't bow down to me. You bow down to the crown. And it was like this whole thing. And that's, I think, where the title of the crown came the from. Crown. It was just fascinating to me. And then just things like that. Her governess wrote a book. I'm going to read this book now that I found out about this. The Little Princesses, it was called, in 1950. Um, her name was Marion Crawford. And she published a book. And the royal family was very upset about it. And the book describes Elizabeth's love for horses, her dogs, her orderliness, and her attitude of responsibility. Crazy. Did you ever see the movie The Queen with Helen Mirren? I didn't. I should. That's your homework. Yeah. Especially with all of this. Well, what's on. the king's speech? Which king is that about? Oh, I love that one. That's her that's her fa- that's her dad. Is that George? Yeah. He had a stutter? Yes. It's about him overcoming a stutter, right? Yes. I mean, technically, it's about him overcoming a lot, but Yeah, that one's a really beautifully done. Movie. He was only king for a short amount of time and then he suddenly died and that's why she yeah. became queen so early, unprepared. Churchill described Elizabeth um, when she was two years old, which is just weird to think of Churchill as a man, and she was two years old. He described her as a a character. She has an air of authority and reflectiveness astonishing in an infant. Right? (laughs) Her cousin, Margaret Rhodes, described her as a jolly little girl, but fundamentally sensible and well-behaved. But here's the thing about Churchill. Okay, this is another episode that I loved early on in in The Crown, how um, Churchill— like disobeys some command she gives or something. There's something she's supposed to do. And he, he just keeps thinking of her as a little girl who doesn't know any better. And she thinks of herself that way too, I think Mm -hmm. Um, until her tutor kind of convinces her, you know, the law you can, right. You can stand on your own two feet. You know what you're doing. And he gives her the confidence to go stand up to Churchill and Churchill's like a 70 something year old man at this point. She's still twenties. She's still a girl dog. He was intimidating. And here he is describing her as an infant and now she's kind of not has authority over him, but, you know, is is a political figure in a sense side by side with him like an equal. And there's a moment in the show where they show that Churchill gets I think he has a heart attack or something. And one of his I want to say it's like the equivalent of our like secretary of state, somebody mm-hmm. higher up in the government. He gets sick while away on a trip on a um, on a trip overseas and he's sick and Churchill gets sick and none of them. They decide not to tell Elizabeth. And she gets so mad at him and she has this speech. She goes off on him just saying like, I want to watch that that scene again. It's so powerful. But she just like lays into him about like, you left me powerless to run our country and you didn't give me the information I need. And like he starts kind of sobbing and like, I'm sorry. Like here she makes this 70 something year old, you know, statesman like shaking in his boots. And she's just this 20 something year old powerful. Like it just shows the kind of grit she had to have early on and the kind of, you know, that she, someone could have easily stepped in and taken over for her, I feel like, or or pushed her around, but she never allowed that. She had 15 prime ministers underneath her. 
Isn't that crazy? Over her reign. I mean, put the last one in office two days before she died. Two days. She spent probably the last chunk of her long amount of time in, on Earth with the new prime minister, like just, you know, Wild. getting her geared up, ready to ready to run the country. So cool. It is. It's so cool. Um, she also, wait, let's see. Oh, when her, tra- yeah, her parents traveled without her, it was the first, uh, they made the first royal transatlantic phone call. So I guess it was just the royal transatlantic phone call. Oh, okay. Call. Not Sorry. the first in general. No, I must have misread that. On May 18th, 1939. Cool, right? Um, at the end of uh, the war in Europe, on Victory Day in Europe, Elizabeth and Margaret, oh, I love this, um, because in The Crown, Margaret is such a juicy character. She's mm-hmm. such a wild child. She's such a little party girl, like romantic, boy crazy. They decided, I think they asked their mom and dad if they could go out and um, mingle incognito with the celebrating crowds in the streets of London. And the, her mom said yes. So later in a rare interview, she said, we asked my parents if we could go out and see for ourselves. I remember we were terrified of being recognized. I remember lines of unknown people linking arms and walking down Whitehall. All of us just swept along in a tide of happiness and relief. Because... There was also something about how her mom had wanted to send them. They were told she was told to send them away, send them to Canada for mm-hmm. the war because they're being bombed. Obviously, Britain was bombed heavily, heavily during the war. And um, and so the, the, everyone was encouraging them, like, send the girls away, send them to Canada, send them to Canada. And she said, no, they don't go without me and I don't go without the king and the king will never leave. And like that was sort of that's paraphrasing. But that's basically what she said. They don't go without me. I don't go without him. He's not leaving. <laughs> So I thought that was pretty powerful. So she was, it sounds like it's a long line of, yeah, like headstrong, stubborn, but um, ethical, uh, you know. Loyalty. Loyalty, level-headedness, like trying to always, you know, know the right thing to do. Um, During the war, plans were drawn up to quell uh, Welsh nationalism by affiliating Elizabeth more closely with Wales. So proposals such as appointing her constable of... Carnarfon, uh, I think, or Carnarfon Castle, or a patron of. Now I have this. I love my well. I love Welsh. Erd Gobeth Sim. Uh, Erd Gobeth Camry, the Welsh League of Youth, is what that is. Say that again. Erd Gobeth <laughs> Camry. So Camry it means Wales. I don't know why we don't call countries by their real names, but apparently Wales is Camry. So the Welsh call themselves like it's the country of Camry. So if you see like the dragon on the flag with the red and green, like that's okay. the Camry fa- flag is Welsh, is the Welsh flag. Um, but those plans were abandoned for several reasons, including fear of associating Elizabeth with uh, uh, conscientious objectors in the Yurd at the time when Britain or Yurd, er, hold on, Yurd, I have to roll the R's, Yurd, Yurd, <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> I can't be Welsh, guys, I try. At a time when Britain was at war. So Welsh politicians suggested she be made Princess of Wales on her 18th birthday. And so the Home Secretary, Herbert Morrison, supported the idea, but the king rejected it because he felt the title belonged solely to the wife of the Prince of Wales. And the, and the Prince of Wales has always been the heir apparent. So now we know Charles, right, just got named mm-hmm. heir apparent. No, uh, King. Sorry, King Charles just named William the Prince, Prince of, of Wales. Wales. And Kate is now Princess of Wales, right? So, yes, they are the heir apparents now. So then what does that make George, do we think? Is he the prince of something yet? When he comes of age, when he gets married, he'll become Duke of Cambridge. Oh, okay. Oh. And that's what that's what um That's what William was. William was the Duke and of Cambridge. And he still so technically Cambridge is, is. So Cambridge is like an empty state with no, no Duke. No, no. Right he's now. still Duke of Cambridge, but he's also Duke of Cornwall and Prince of Wales. Prince of Wales. Oh, I see, I see. And then he will pass that title down. To George when George gets married. And Charlotte? 
Will Charlotte get one of those? Charlotte, when Princess Anne passes away, will likely be- oh. become the Princess Royal. Princess Royal. Okay. Although I heard that that might actually happen. Can that happen? She can't. She, that's a lifetime title, and there can only be one. There can only be one. Mm-hmm. Why? What does that, that? What does that mean? Next in line? Like in line? No. Um, no. Like Anne's no longer in line. Anne is no longer in line, but it, it's like a special title that has to be appointed by the queen. Okay. Or by the monarch. Are you an Anglophile? Yes. <laughs> or do of they course. call it a royalist? What do they call it technically? I think all of those things. All, you're all those things? I'm all of those things. You're an I'm Anglophile deeply rooted in, and a royalist? I mean, according to Ancestry, that's basically where I came from. England? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think, so, me, I think I, me. I'm a I'm a Grantham, but not it, it mostly. And there's a Grantham England. Really? Yes. Well Heart, I when I was in Wales, there's a whole lot of hearts. Mm-hmm. There's Heart Diner, Heart Tavern, Heart all these hearts. I but. traced my grandmother's side back to like the thirteen hundreds in England. You did? Yeah. I've never done anything like that. That's really cool. And I never met the Queen, but I was in the same place as her. I want to do that show. What's that show called where it's like uh where are you from? Oh, oh, you should do that. I forgot my fascinator. Oh, you should put it Amanda, on. I brought a fascinator. Yeah, I was I was in the same place as her once. Really? Yeah. I went to her welcoming ceremony when she came to the United States. Really? At the White House when George and Laura Bush were still in office. And did you meet her? I did not get to meet her, no, but I was on the lawn did for you the have, whole ceremony. Did you have to, like, learn, just in case, did you have to learn how to do all the proper bows and no. <laughs> curtsies? And curfew, I don't think there was any bowing. Um, it was... There's we a wave. thing you have to and say a certain a, thing. They gave us flags to wave. We had both like the American and the British flag to wave together. And yeah, it was a That's fun. super cute. It was really cool. It was very cool. And there's photos apparently? Well, apparently not of me. There's not a photo of you. There's <laughs> not a photo fo- uh, to be found so far. I'm almost positive we took pictures, but uh, yeah, I, I can't find any. I have all of the things. I have the program and all of that. Did she speak? Yeah. What'd she say? Um, so President Bush like welcomed her and then she kind of gave a really, I mean, it was short. It was just like, thank you for having us here. We love this relationship. And yeah. Aw. That was really cool. She has a cool moment. really great voice and Claire Foy in yes. The Crown really mimics it well. Like, especially after her passing, I don't know that I've ever really heard her speak a whole lot, but it was so much of Claire Foy in my head. Like, mm-hmm. I just, okay, I'm just obsessed. And of course, that's like my knowledge of the royal family. Okay, here's the thing. I grew up in the Princess Diana era. Me too. 10 years ahead of you. But like, yeah. her wedding was oh something I gosh. watched live. You know, like, that was a huge deal. Princess Diana's wedding. And my my veil mimicked hers. Like, her wedding dress had his initials on it in, on the long train. So my veil had Mark's initials on it, which oh. was technically our initials being married also. It's like our monogram. Yeah. So my veil had that on it. And that was all like Princess Diana inspired. Like I wanted a big wedding. Now I need Not- you to have a girl, like adopt <laughs> one or something. because So she can wear my veil. Yes. I know. Trust me. Yeah. But um, I always wanted like the Princess Diana wedding, even though that wasn't, it's not really my style. I, I mean, it could be. Girly. I like big, style. but I don't like girly. Oh, I do. Give me all. I know you do. But that's Giant not really my sleeves, style, right? Cupcakey skirt. A fascinator like the one I have on. It's beautiful. It's not that great. Shut up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I always thought of her as a curmudgeon old lady who ruined, who stuck by rules and didn't like, you know, wasn't was mean to Diana and Diana was, you know, amazing and and so and, and she was. And Diana was an amazing person who broke a lot of the rules. Yeah. And watching the crown gave me respect for her, the way she stood up to Churchill, the way she um the way she handled things like uh 
uh, well, her sister. One, I think, one of her mistakes was like let, not letting her sister marry when yeah. when Princess Margaret wanted to marry, and she said no because he's a divorcee and blah blah blah. Um, she asked them to wait a year, thinking that she would push it off, but she ended up. Um, uh, it, it, she did the same thing to Charles. I think mm-hmm. like Charles always loved Camilla. Apparently, right? I think that's what we see in the Crown, at least, and that's what you kind of heard afterwards was that he always loved Camilla. He was not allowed to really be with Camilla. He had to choose Diana and uh, it wasn't a good fit. And now he's with the love of his life. But his mother got the love of her life. So she always got, you know, she got Philip. Um, So I think that she made some mistakes there. But she also fixed some things like letting Charlotte Mm -hmm. be the next in line for the throne instead of like a boy. That was as recent as 2013. Yeah. So letting a instead of letting her brother eclipse her because he was a male. It was interesting. Isn't it weird to say King of England now, though? It sounds... It is bizarre. Phony. Well, and to know, like... It sounds like fiction. The titles just changed. Like, the second she died... I know. I thought there was... I thought it had to be the coronation. No. So, historically, the coronation has taken place, like, a year or more after the death because they didn't want to overshadow the period of mourning. But you also have to think, this is, like, so hard for me to fathom. There is not a monarch that has ever existed that hasn't, like had the bittersweet like realization that they couldn't have this moment if their parent had not died. Oh. Like that is such At a at the weird... same exact moment as his mother dies, he, he becomes, becomes king. king. And that's gotta be and he's been waiting for it his whole life in a sense, but also not probably, probably not wanting it, it at the way. same time. Yeah. Someone posted a meme yesterday with a hashtag too soon, I think, hopefully. But um, it's him like making this really funny. It's King Charles making a really goofy face like his head's back. And it says when you're 73 and, re- and haven't worked your whole life and realize you got to get started. <laughs> and it's like true. Like, here you go. Here well, you go. But he, the cool thing about um, King Charles is like so much of what he does is philanthropy. Yeah. So he gives away so well, much sort of what well. the crown does. now. But right? he also like apparently has all these like investments like he's like a real estate guy and oh. all these different things that he does. Yeah, actually, I had heard, I heard he was a big environmentalist, and he did a whole yeah. thing on like green initiatives, and he helped England kind of is helping them become more yeah. green. So that's awesome. And I know there's like a big controversy overseas. I see it with my fan base on my Instagram and my friend, my friends over there. You know whether or not the the royal family should continue. I mean, I know it makes money as a tourist, as as tourist. Tra- I mean, I think that things would change if they weren't current royals. Mm-hmm. Um, and Look, that bloodline continues. So technically they are. It's- well, and they're, you know, at this point, it's almost ceremonial. I mean, they do have a lot of power and influence. Well, they still have to, like, she met with the prime minister. Right. Last thing she did, right? But I think, you know, as far as, like, governing the country, I think a lot of that is left up. Yeah. And it's she democracy has a, she at has this point. She has a part in parli- parliament, but it's yeah. more ceremonial. Well, she does have a little well, bit of a vote, doesn't she? Doesn't she I, have one I third of the vote or something? I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on yeah, that. I, don't I learned about it once. There is but, some sway there. But it's it's not... The same as her, like, or him now. Yeah. Um, ruling yeah. in the sense where no. they make all the government decisions. Like, or, off with his head kind of stuff. Right. It's that not, doesn't happen. No, that doesn't happen. It's it's a lot more of, But like, I do think, like, I mean, I see when people are saying, like, we pay taxes for them to fly around or go on vacation or go to polo mashes or have horses or corgis or whatever. But also, I mean, the amount of tourism they bring in, the amount of kind of... Um, the it just shows a do. united... Yeah, yeah, united front that there's a lot of philanthropy within that family. Mm-hmm. You saw it with Diana. You see it with Kate. You, you know, you see... 
and and the 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 kind of inspiration, the nationalism that comes with it, the you know the pride in the country, the right. God save the queen. So now God save the it's king. Such a tradition, and it would be weird tie. without it. Right? I, can you imagine England without a king, a king or a queen? Well, yeah. I mean, most of this generation's never known a king. So I know that that's the other crazy thing. Every royal alive at this point has not experienced a changing of power like this. Well, she's she broke so many rules. Listen to this one. She gave birth to her third child, Prince Andrew, um, in 1960, which was the first birth to a reigning monarch since 1857. So it's the first time a monarch... Because if you think about that, when there's a lot of kings in line, right. and everybody's a king, you're not going to give birth. So, you know, it's for a reigning monarch to give birth... She gave birth twice during her reign. You know, she saw 15 prime ministers come and go. Oh, one of my favorites... I'm so glad they did an episode of this on The Crown. I think it was in season four when the guy broke into the palace and like got in her bedroom. Oh, I don't know about this. Oh, no. July 9th. Oh, I don't have the year here. She awoke in her bedroom to find an intruder, Michael Fagan, in the room with her. In a serious lapse of security, assistance only arrived after two calls to the palace police. She sat in her bedroom. With somebody. he sat on her bed. And they they talked. And he told her all the problems he's having with what's going on in the country. And she listened. And when the police finally came in, which was like, I don't know, 10, 15, it was a while. They're sitting there chatting and nobody came. Nobody knew. And finally they came and she was like, no, 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 we're talking. Like, you she take let him in a minute. have a conversation. She didn't like, you know, off with his head or anything like that. And probably back then she could have because I think How it was a How terrifying while, but, would that be though? Oh my gosh. Oh my think goodness. think you're so safe and someone climbs in your bedroom. I mean, it's my worst nightmare. Have you seen the Harry and Meghan Lifetime movie? I haven't seen it yet. I it's, gotta see I it. I mean, it's worth a watch. We enjoyed it. We enjoyed it at the time. Is but, it just about them leaving? No, it's like their love story. Uh, it was before their wedding okay. when it came out. And so it's like how they met and right. all of this. I mean, it's, I'll watch it. It's pretty cute. Is it called Harry and Meghan? I think so. Okay. It's easy yeah. to find. <laughs> yeah. But she's actually depicted very well in it, the queen. Oh, okay. Because she is supportive and kind to Meghan. And oh, okay. It's like a whole thing. What we think is not the truth. No, I think it is the truth. You think she is supportive? Yeah. Oh, she was. Uh, well, I mean... Obviously, I, I, because I know her. Mm-hmm. Um, no, apparently she was very supportive of them. Well, this is an interesting thing, too. From 1992, in a speech to mark her R- Ruby Jubilee, which I don't know how many what, how many years is that. That's 40 years because she was in 52. She was uh, put on the throne. She called 1992 her anus horribilis, which is a Latin phrase for meaning horrible year. Pain in the anus. butt. Anus. Maybe it's supposed to be. Maybe not anus. Yeah. Anus horribilis. Maybe that's where the pain in the butt comes from. Anus. Anus horribilis. Yeah. Maybe not anus. Anus. There's two ends. <laughs> anus horribilis, meaning horrible year. The Republican feeling in Britain. <laughs> you can't stop. <laughs> I said anus, guys. There's two ends, though. Twelve. Two ends. Twelve. By the way, they are making a sequel to, to, to Harry the, and Meghan. Yeah. It's Harry and Meghan escaping. Oh, jeez. Palace. Escape, escape from the palace. Dun, dun, dun. Starring Liam Neeson. <laughs> okay, back um, to Anus. Okay, okay. Anus Horribles. Um, She said that uh, the Republican feeling in Britain had risen because of the press estimate, uh, because of press estimates of the Queen's private wealth contradicted by the palace and reports of affairs, strained marriages among her extended family. So because... They thought she was very wealthy, and mm-hmm. but they're paying taxes for her um, and because of affairs and whatnot. In March, her second son separated from Sarah, so Fergie, oh, right? We yeah. called her for the original Fergie. Um, and I did meet her. I sat the with OG. her once in backstage of uh, Regis and Kathy Lee. And, you know, I was talking was to her about crazy? her kids. No, she seemed very sweet. She was selling, like, 
She was doing like she had made plates and she was like selling dishware. Oh. And so she was on whatever it was. They make her out to be crazy. She seemed very sweet. And I felt really bad for her because I asked her about her kids and she said, well, they're in England. They're not allowed to travel with me. I said, it must be so hard to be away from them when they're so small. She's like, yeah, it's really hard. She had to be away from her two girls. Like, she wasn't allowed to take them with her. They were, like, they are property of the royal family. And she was, they are not her children. They are the royal family. Like, then, oh, the country of Mortis, uh, Mortis? I don't know how you say it. Removed her as a head of state. Princess Anne divorced. Um, demonstrators in Dresden threw eggs at her during a state visit to Germany. A large fire broke out at Windsor Castle, which moved them out of the house. And then Princess, I mean, uh, uh, Charles and Diana divorced also. So all in like 1992, apparently this was her anus horribleness. This is her pain in the ass. She was the first monarch to set foot in China and Russia. Russia. Russia? And she, Russia, I'm from New York. (laughs) (laughs) But um, the Aberfan disaster, this is the thing that gets me, you guys. In Wales, if you didn't see, if you didn't see this episode of, I think it's in season four, or maybe, no, maybe it's earlier, season three, um, the Aberfan disaster, which I think everyone around the world should learn about this disaster just because it's so heartbreaking and I just feel like it's something we need to remember. Um, there was a coal mine there. The main business was a coal mine. So small, small town. Kids all go to one schoolhouse. This is in, uh, what year was this? Well, I think it's in the 70s. An avalanche struck Pentaglass Junior School on Moy Road, demolishing and engulfing much of the structure and filling classrooms with thick mud, sludge, and rubble. In that that disaster, 144 people died, 109 children in that school, 116 children total. Um, Five teachers were killed in the school, and I think something like 48 adults were also, uh, yeah, like 48 adults were also killed, and uh, six adults and 29 children were injured. It wiped out the entire town. When you watch that episode, it's it's heartbreaking. And I felt so bad that I spent so much time in Wales and I didn't know about this because the next time I go, I'm definitely going to Aberfan and going to pay respects because the memorial is still there. Oh, yeah. And even up until recently, the queen always said that this was her biggest regret, that Aberfan was her biggest regret because she waited eight days to go. Um, so there was a mass funeral for 81 children at one time and one woman, which took place in a certain cemetery there. Um and there's this huge cross and there's all these graves lined up and 81 children were buried side by side. But she waited eight days to visit the Welsh community, a delay she said she uh, regretted immensely. And since then, she had done things like um, plant a tree in the Aberfan Memorial Garden. And on the 50th anniversary in 2016, she went uh, or they had a big event um, at the garden and at the cemetery. And uh, it's just it, that to me just spoke a lot like in the episode they did. She talks about how she doesn't think the crown should be there for the disaster. They should be there after the disaster. But she regretted that decision. But she also talks about how she didn't want to um, be in the way. Like, she didn't want it to be about her. Attention. Yeah, Yeah. let them heal, let them find. They're still digging children out, you know, like that kind of thing. So, um, what I mean, can you imagine? Like, the entire, an entire generation was wiped out of that town at once. So sad. In, like, one rumble. And, by the way, it was the day before holiday break. It was the... A half day of school, all the kids were going to do was sing in a little um, show. And they'd practiced all night and all week for this show they were going to do. And had it been a few hours later, they all would have been home and probably wouldn't have lost as many people because it did just tumble down right onto that church. I mean, onto that schoolhouse with all those children inside. So upsetting. Anyway, that one really got me. But there's so many. I mean, there was so much controversy in her 70 years. And I think she knows she made a lot of mistakes but she did a lot of good and I think she really like spoke to people as far as being like steadfast and strong and a a, 
she always had a good head for reason, I feel like. She always kind of made decisions the best she could with the best of her ability for herself, her family, and her country. And I think that she represented him great, and I hope that King Charles can... I hope Step he can. I hope big he shoes. Can. Yeah, big shoes, man. I mean, she is like defines class, you know? I know. In I, all situations. And diplomacy. Like, yes. You, she just, no one was too controversial. She would talk to everyone. And I mean, she stayed, she stood by her own beliefs and yeah. her own convictions, but she. But she accepted all. Like yes. she, she helped. She. They say she's one of the driving forces behind ending apartheid. And then she's also um, s- someone who made a speech in public about um, accepting all religions, even though she was Church of England. Like accepting all uh, religions and 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 welcoming all people. And um, yeah, just and the way I mean, with Margaret Thatcher and two strong women being the head of that country, and then with her friendship with Ronald Reagan, and um, you know, and just uh, the way she. Was very diplomatic, very loving. She apparently she had a great sense of humor. So, so God save the queen, or God bless the queen, and God save the new king. king. Thanks, guys, for listening, and uh, I hope you guys will um, rate and review us if you can. Subscribe, tell friends. But the best thing you can do is just listen. So, thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys for joining us here at What Women Binge. Can you do us a favor and give us an Apple podcast review? It helps a lot. Yeah, and while you're at it, you can follow What Women Binge on Instagram. And follow me on Instagram, at Amanda WWB. If you like listening to the podcast, you would love seeing it. So you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Melissa Joan Hartificial, for full episodes, bonus content, and so much more. What Women Binge is produced by Laughagram Studios. Our wonderful theme song was written and produced by my cute husband, Mark Wilkerson. Video production by Matt Giesler and Jay Hawley. Audio by Matt Lott. Production assistant, Jen Best. And she is the best. What Women Binge is distributed by Podcast Heat. For more information, visit podcastheat.com. Do you have a question or a comment or a topic you want to suggest for the show? Well, we are listening. Email us at wwbquestions at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.